Welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. My name's Rick McClatchy. I'm your host today, and I am joined today by the magnificent, the fantastic Sue Giordano. How's it going, Sue? Great. What an introduction. How could it be any better than that? I, Great day. I know. No pressure. <laughs> nope. No pressure to live up to those words, Oof. but I have the utmost confidence in you. So, um, you know, it's, man, I. I don't know that people listening to the podcast would even necessarily know, but it's been a while uh, since we got to connect. Uh, we did a little bit of like batch recording a while back, and then I went on vacation. And, yes. Um, so now it's like kind of plugging back into the real world. I mean, I've been home from vacation for a while. Don't tell anybody. Um, so here we are, uh, kind of plugging back in to to hit our. It's I guess it would be our sixth episode, but our fifth kind of topic installment if you will like we set out to do five sessions and this would be session number five though we did divide one into two different episodes um, because you got a little wordy i'm not gonna lie i mean (laughs) you had a lot to say okay it might have been me too nobody's ever said that i was short on words so um so here we are today in session five of spiritual formation journey and so uh would it be putting you too much on the spot to recap what we have talked about over all of these episodes since it's been so long (laughs) the best part is that i'm getting to know you and i knew you're gonna ask me that (laughs) i practiced on the way in i was like what did we talk about already for the first sessions um so we talked about knowing god knowing ourselves and then we started getting into a little bit more of spiritual practices so we talked about reading your bible praying retreats and sabbath and then we did centering prayer and now we're at our next one so another practice for us which we're going to talk about lectio divina and what in the world does that mean is it latin is that where it comes from it is latin and it means divine reading so what does that mean? <laughs> I'm hoping you'll tell us. That's why I invited a special guest today. Yeah, when I think about divine reading, it's just an opportunity. We've talked about a little bit of this. When we were talking about our um, practices and we talked about reading the Bible, you kind of hit on you know, how to read the Bible, how to look at the Bible. It's not a textbook that you just pick up and you read from, you can read it from beginning to end, but it's not a textbook of just you read through. It really is about taking in the scriptures and moving them from your head to your heart. Yeah, it, you know, the Bible says that uh, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And um, so I think that it's really healthy for us to not take for granted um, and not to be lackadaisical or complacent in our approach to the word of God. And so um, I, I, I love having multiple conversations, multiple layers of conversations about how we interact with the Word of God, because I think it's so important uh, that, that we come to the Word of God with the proper amount of reverence mm-hmm. um, and, and submission, really, because if we believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, then it, it's authoritative in our life, and it's, you know, it gets to kind of be the boss of us in a sense. You know, the Bible says, hey, you shouldn't murder people. You know, well, I guess I shouldn't murder people, even if the government said it's okay, you know. And so um, so I, I'm excited to talk today uh, about this. So how do we break it down? How do we take it from the uh, these weird Latin words into something that's 
uh, practically doable and manageable. Yeah. And when you talked about, you know, the Bible is the living word of God, I also we know that God's speaking all the time. And so when you put that together, knowing that he's spoken through his word, he's speaking all the time and picking up the Bible, you are literally having a conversation with him. And so the first step of Lectio Divina is just to read the scripture, like be in the scripture. And so pick a place to start. I know everyone's like, well, how do I find what scriptures? What's this? What that? You know, where do I start from? Just start. Um, my small group, we're doing a study of Proverbs. And so we just read a chapter each week and we talk about which scripture stood out to us. So your first step is just reading the scripture and paying attention to what stands out to you, what kind of just resonates with your soul um, when you're reading the scripture. Yeah, along those lines, it's kind of interesting. My small group, we're doing the same thing right now. We're in the book of Proverbs. Oh, so weird. Um, we're, <laughs> I, we just did chapter 22 uh, recently. So uh, we've been in Proverbs for a while. <laughs> Pretty much, I want to say the beginning of the whole COVID thing was mm. uh, pretty close to that, somewhere in there, because, you know, four weeks, a month, five months. Yeah, it would have been Long close time. to there. Um, and so uh, what I always encourage the guys, and we do it every week when we meet, uh, we're meeting via Zoom right now, um, is we actually pray before we start reading. And in the prayer, we acknowledge... Some of the things that I just said out loud, we acknowledge the authority of Scripture. We acknowledge that, that God, you want to speak to us today. And so we're coming today um, hopeful and expectant that you will speak to us. Um, and I think that there's something so helpful, vital about that kind of step before you jump into the Word of God so that your heart is ready. Um, because... And, and I, I don't know, like, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily big on journaling, but I'm big on mm -hmm. having something uh, to write down what might stick out to you because, uh, well, I, I had a boss back in the day. I was kind of like his assistant. So I helped with schedule and, you know, whatever, sending out different uh, communication pieces, emails, all kinds of stuff. And I remember like the second week I had the job, I, he, uh, he called me into his office because he had some stuff he needed to, to dump on my plate. And I just came in like, hey, we know what do you need. I'm ready to help. And he's like, uh, you don't have a notebook. Uh, like, don't ever come into my office without a notebook to write stuff down. And I was like, oh, all right, noted. And so I've always kind of remembered that. Uh, and I think, you know, gosh, if I didn't want to go into his presence you know into his office into his presence not not ready to record the important things he was going to give me uh, why would I treat God any differently you know like so to me actually coming to the word of God with something to write actually is like part of me getting my heart ready for God to speak to me so I not that everybody thinks and feels the same way I do about that but just I would share kind of my approach uh, and why why the journaling piece is so important to me is because that has become a value in my life. Yeah, I do journal as well. And one of the things that I really enjoy about journaling, not only that you can record what God has said to you today or whenever you're in the Word, you can also look back. And then you have the ability to put together some of the things he's been speaking. And it's amazing what you see when you look back of like, oh, he said this, and now he's saying this, and how those are connected. So it's a beautiful way to just look at your journey with God and what he's been speaking and what he continues to speak to you as you go through the Word.
That's so good. I love it. Um, all right. So what? How do we break down? So we said the very first piece um, is just reading the word, and then I, of course I sidetracked us into uh, what you do right before you read the word, because <laughs> uh, we had five points about what lexio divina is, and five points just isn't enough. I had to add another <laughs> one. So. All right, so we, we come to the Word of God and we, um, sure, we do what Rick says and we, we pray and we humble our hearts and we get ready to receive. That's good, a little prep, a little prep step there. Um, now that we're prepped and we read the Word, um, and, and so what is your, what's your personal experience in, in that step? Like, how do you know when you've read the thing that you're supposed to read? What, what's that been like for you? It's interesting because I can read a whole chapter and I'll be like, okay, a couple things stand out to me. Like, oh, that just resonated with me. That just resonated with me. And so I'll write those down and then I'll read it again. And I'll just see what continues to resonate. One of the people that I was reading says it's like a shimmering light, like something that just vibrates inside of you when you read a certain word. So for me, that's exactly what it is. It's like a couple words stick out on the page. So then I look at that that specific scripture and then I look at it in context to the scripture above and below to try to understand that scripture a little bit more and then I sit in that scripture um, after I kind of have a chance to say this is this is where I think God has me. Okay so I think you're kind of alluding to then the second step which is meditation correct? Correct meditating on that specific text so what is that saying to me personally what why is that scripture so I when I was reading Proverbs the other day we're only in like chapter two or three so we're a little bit behind. Rookies. (laughs) I know we'll get up to you guys but we only but I was reading and a couple words just stood out about peace and um, just coming before the Lord with reverence and so I just stayed in those and said okay God what well I'm not probably going to the next one too. But the first one is just, the second one is just to meditate on and just let it resonate into your heart. We oftentimes will go into scripture and read it and it's in our head. Okay, well, this is what it means. But the goal of Lectio Divina is to move it into your heart. And so that seems weird and sounds weird of what does that really mean to move it into your heart? It's just taking it out of a knowledge place. And I think about it as putting into your feelings and your emotions about those words and that scripture. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit similar to what we talked about in our last episode together around centering prayer, um, which can sound like I, I mean, to be really honest, me personally, centering prayer is something I struggle with a lot. Um, probably, well, because living in the Northwest and having such a heavy New Agey kind of environment around us, and just a lot of weirdness. Um, in the spiritual realm, uh, in this part of the country, I'm always like a little bit on guard, you know, like against uh, weird practices creeping into Christianity. And and generally speaking, my, my Christian understanding of meditation has been one where you fill your mind, not empty your mind. And so, um, so centering prayer for me is like one I've kind of wrestled with a little bit, but where I know that it is super valuable for me is it is like the antidote uh, in a lot of ways to the thing that plagues me, which is just constant distraction and activity, um, which uh, which the reason that I was hopping on that little train right there um, is because you mentioned the moving things from your brain to your heart, because I have a lot of things in my brain. <laughs> and so slowing down a little bit, um, almost like centering prayer, then leading into 
uh, Lexio Divina is like um, preparing your heart to, again, I'm big on preparing because if mm -hmm. I just come in without properly preparing my heart, I will miss a majority. It's like when I want to have a quality conversation with my wife, I really, I kind of have to prepare myself for the process because, because I, I come home and just because I came home from work doesn't mean I'm not still thinking about all of the things that were going on and that I maybe I forgot to do or ran out of time to do. And if I can just send one more text message, if I can just answer that one more email or take care of that one little detail. Um, and then she's saying something to me, but I'm not there. And it actually happened literally hours ago. She, not very many hours ago, as a matter of fact, she was like, and you just heard nothing that I just said. And I said, well, no, actually I did hear it. This is what you said, you know, I'm ready, I'm listening, you know, and so I kind of saved that one from like total, you know, crash and burn. Um, but I, I have to make a decision. I have to make a decision to put my phone down. I have to make a decision to turn my gaze I literally have to look at her and then I have to fix my ears on to the words that she's saying. And this is the part that it, I, for whatever reason, it took me a while to figure this out about myself. I then have to like focus my thoughts. Like you'd think after doing all of those other things, I'd be good. No, it's not true. Like in the middle of the conversation, my brain can literally go, oh, shoot, I forgot to do that thing. And then I'm like, Oh, well, if I call that person tomorrow and if I do this thing, man, I need to write that down somewhere. And then all of a sudden she's done talking and I'm thinking, I have no idea what you just said. And I'm pretty sure you probably just told me to do something, you know, and I'm not going to get it done. And so um, whew, that was a really long rabbit trail to get to that place of for me to move something from my head to my heart to where it really becomes a part of me. Man, it takes focus and attention. And so meditation we start with reading and, and uh, something that we didn't necessarily specify is in the reading portion before we ask what is it saying to me you know we we need to ask the question what is it saying mm -hmm. you know what is the text saying what does it mean then when we move to the meditation piece we're beginning to ask what does it mean to me in light of that what does it mean to me uh, so we have reading and we have meditation can you give me um, a, a description or an explanation? Maybe there's somebody out there, maybe they haven't listened to any of the other um, spiritual formation uh, sessions we've done. If they're like scratching their head and they're going meditation, what, you know, help me out here, Sue, what does that mean? What, what would you say to that question? And it looks different for everyone. To your point, I don't think you're so unusual that people have a hard time slowing down. And so meditation really is slowing down and removing distractions. So what are the distractions in your world? So a lot of people, it's their mind is going of all these other things that they have to do, of their lists, all that kind of good stuff. So for meditation for me is it being still and quiet and removing other distractions so you can focus on that text. So it's not emptying your mind completely, like Centering Prayer will say, Emp empty your mind completely. It's really just removing things outside of that text so that you can just focus on that text. And I think a lot of what you said about preparing for moving into something, when we are walking into hearing from God, I mean, we're walking into hearing from the, the creator of the universe, in order to prepare our hearts and minds, 
removing all your distractions is giving him honor of being present with him. So for me personally, like I know, like I just put a list of all the things I have to do and then I move it away. So I don't keep thinking of, oh, I forgot this, I forgot that. A lot of people say, oh, you don't have to get all ready to do that. And I'm, but for me, I do, because otherwise I'm like, oh, forget, just like you, I forgot to do this, so I got to do this. So I try to have a process of how do I remove distractions before I go into meditation, because meditation, you want to just be able to think about that scripture specifically. Yeah, so <clears throat> we prep ourselves by eliminating distractions. And then um, one of the Hebrew words uh, for meditation actually is kind of the word where we get ruminate which is the word uh, like referring to how cows and sheep eat. They, they chew the cud, essentially. Mm-hmm. They, it's disgusting, but, uh, but a powerful picture nonetheless. They eat stuff. They mm-hmm. swallow it. Uh, their stomach begins to draw nutrients out of that. Then they regurgitate it, yeah. and then they chew it some more. They must have crazy enamel on their teeth, I guess, to handle all that business. But um, and actually, uh, cows I have four stomachs, right? Or sheep have four stomachs. I think I don't remember. Anyways, this is not a science podcast. Uh, we'll refer you to the science section of the podcast store. But um, sheep, uh, one of them, have four stomachs, and so they actually do this process four different times. And it's uh, to me, it's pretty fascinating that they that their bodies can extract that many different levels of nutrient out of out of the food in these four different stages and so um so for me uh meditation is again you you got that verse that's sticking out to you and to just go over it and over it and one of one of the things that i use as a tool is i'll read it but i'll emphasize in my mind or i might even say it out loud uh, depending on what time of day it is and how quiet I need to be in my house. And I'll actually say the verse, but emphasize a different word mm-hmm. because it like draws my mind to a word that maybe I skipped over sort of when I read it the other 27 times. And all of a sudden my brain will go, oh, crazy. Mm-hmm. I never saw that before. And so um, what's an example? Oh, so we'll just use one um for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. We know that people um, misuse that verse, quote it out of context, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still a powerful verse nonetheless. Um, but a lot of times we get stuck on for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens mm-hmm. me. But what if you say for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Well, all of a sudden the shift of focus pulls a completely different meaning out of that verse. And now we're actually pointing our heart in a totally different direction. Um, or even uh, through Christ who strengthens me, that the, that the strength I need is not already in me, but God is going to give it to me. Um, so I'm not just all the time ready to crush anything in front of me because I can do all things through Christ. No, it's like God, it's almost like this picture of God will strengthen you in the moment that you need it to do the thing he's called you to do, to to persevere through the trial that he's called you to persevere through. He will strengthen you in that moment. So 20 minutes ago, you may not have felt ready. You may not have felt strengthened, but in the moment when you need it, it's there because he strengthens you for that thing. And so that's just a, like a practical example of how how I would practice meditation. 
because uh, my brain, I have to have like practical tools. You can't just, you know, so you can't just come up to me and be like, Rick, you need to meditate on scripture. I'll be like, okay, well, my heart says yes. You know, my heart says yes to that, but I don't know mm -hmm. how to do it. And so for me, I'm always trying to give people practical tools. So we have kind of the word emphasis approach. Would you have, would you have anything for you that works particularly well? for you in in the actual act of meditating on scripture i go back to what you talked about journaling i write it down mm -hmm. because then you see each word every word what amazes me about the bible is that every word has a meaning and if you take out one word it totally changes the scripture and so by writing it out and looking at each word it it puts it all together for me of like which words you can't leave this word out because it ha brings this meaning and so when you're thinking about the meaning of that scripture each word is important so for me i write it out and i'll look at each word and be like and then a word will stick out and i'll be like oh well don't forget that word because that word carries a different meaning than if it wasn't there yeah i love that and i also my brain also works a lot like that too um, and it also helps me slow down again mm -hmm. just other things that i can do that help me to take the time to focus and to think it through. Um, Cause that's really usually a lot of times all the Holy Spirit needs is just me to slow down a little, just enough to hear what he's been trying to tell me probably for a week, you know, <laughs> and he finally breaks through. Another great um, tool that you can use is um, in apps like the Version Bible app mm -hmm. make this particularly easy is to actually read that verse in a couple of different translations um, because or versions or you know whatever you want to call it um, because if you read it in something that is a word-for-word -word translation then maybe more of a thought-for-thought -thought translation and then maybe even read it in a paraphrase um, to give you all kinds of color you know to to absorb the truth of the of that verse and so it's kind of like doing uh, we'll say like a poor man's version of a word study. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't, you know, if you don't have any Greek or Hebrew resources, um, go to all the people that have already done all the work. <laughs> and just uh, for me, I find like three, four, five uh, translations of the Bible that I really like um, for different reasons. And, and I'll just kind of switch in between them. So paraphrase, you know, the, the most famous one is probably the message. Mm -hmm. So to have that kind of in your back pocket, the New Living Translation is a very dynamic, uh, the way it reads, and it's uh, a very accessible level of English. And then uh, for me, I love the ESV and the CSB are both really, really good uh, as far as like pretty accurate translations that still read well. Then you can go NIV or New King James as well. Um, and just it's just kind of flipping back and forth between them. And even sometimes I'll write different versions of the verse out because uh, mm. it even helps me again slow down See a little it. think it through and go huh because a lot of times when you're going from greek to english um, greek has seven uh seven words and we have one and so um they a lot of times the different translations will give you little glimpses into what some of the shades of meaning of the greek word was and, and help you kind of fill in the full meaning of the word rather than just this narrow English definition. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree that that's a great way to look at things is to look at the different versions. It brings in a lot of meaning. So you can, as you're meditating, you can have different things that you're just kind of thinking through of what, what can make sense, what do you, what's standing out to you. 
So we've got read, we've got um, meditate, mm -hmm. and then what's next? And then pray, and pray it back to God, asking God, what do you want me to see in this verse? What do you want to tell me about this verse? So you have to start to have a conversation with God of just, what is it I'm supposed to learn from this? What do you want me to take away from? And I think it's probably valuable to mention that it's not always a clearly defined line, right, between... Um, between meditating and prayer. It's not like, again, I, we say it a lot. We don't want this to become no. boxes to check where you're like following this rigid process because even as we're talking about stuff, we're mentioning like three steps in one because it, it's mm -hmm. kind of gooey, messy all over the place. Like really what we're inviting you into is the glorious mess of just a life-giving relationship with our Savior and so that doesn't have to be rigid, but we're, we're breaking it down in discrete points so as to give your brain uh, like handles to hang on to, to be able to learn. It's like uh, training wheels for the bike. And once you learn how to ride the bike, then, then the mechanics of how you're riding the bike begin to fade away. And it's just the glory of riding the bike, the scenery around you, the wind in your face, all that kind of stuff. You, you're able to actually take in all of the fun of the bike ride once the mechanics are uh, fading away from your focus because they become second nature. And so that's really what we're kind of trying to do uh, is teach people how to ride a bike in the sense of learning to walk in that relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. And everything we've talked about, it's finding your own rhythm in that. So how I do it, how you do it, each of us are very different. So what's your rhythm with God? And, and, and your rhythm may change too. When I think about this whole practice, you may be in meditating longer some days and other days you may go right into prayer after you meditate for 10 seconds. You know, it just depends on what your relationship with God is, what God's sharing with you, your openness, where you are that day. It's so many different variables. I mean, we're talking about talking to God. There's no, there's no set formula of how to do this. It's just finding your rhythm, enjoying it, and just doing different things, playing yeah, around. Sometimes just in the initial reading, the Holy Spirit's like, pow! Right. And you're like, whoa! And then you just go immediately to prayer. You don't even need to meditate on that yeah. thing because the, what he was trying to say is painfully obvious and I just need to go right to prayer and, and you know, let's have a conversation about this, Lord. I appreciate you pointing that out to me. Oh my goodness. It's so, so funny when you say that because we both go into that of like, that's when he's something corrective about us. It's like, bam, you're right into prayer because that's exactly <laughs> it, where you're going. That's what I was like. Awesome oh. too. <laughs> I know, but we're both like, it's corrective. Okay. <laughs> we heard you, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it could be something awesome too. So, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but I mean, even when it's corrective, that's awesome too because he loves us enough to correct Absolutely. us, right? Like Absolutely. He, the son he loves, he chastens, and boy, he must really love me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. All right, so we have read, we have meditate, we have prayer. And then you're back to contemplation, which is very similar to meditate because everyone's like, what's the difference? But again, this is taking what God has provided in prayer, um, what you've already heard from meditative, like here's the words, here's the scripture, what you talk to God in prayer about and taking that and just sitting and being quiet. And so, again, that it's going to look different for everyone, but it's really just sitting and saying, okay, this is where we're entering into beginning to look at that scripture and how it can transform you. So you're moving into a place of being ready to, to take action on whatever that is that God's speaking to you.
Yeah, I, I like to think about it as um, it's kind of like the the response part of prayer. It's like building in mm. the letting, allowing the Holy Spirit an opportunity to respond. So to make sure that your prayer part doesn't become you just, you know, giving the Holy Spirit a piece of your mind and not really. But I mean, not just blabbing the whole time, but actually scheduling scheduling in your prayer time a time to be quiet uh, and and allowing again probably a, a combination of just sitting and being quiet and kind of almost re-meditating based on the mm-hmm. prayer that you've just kind of walked through and then just allowing the Holy Spirit to potentially shine new light on something or just deepen deepen the conviction that what you kind of sensed in maybe the meditation phase is like yep uh-huh and and then probably then formulating your steps into our next step, right? Like the, the last step would be action or response or next steps kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Just self-awareness. So what is it this means to me personally and what are my next steps in this? So when you hear whatever you hear, is it a corrective thing? Is it a joyous thing? Is it whatever it is? It's beautiful regardless. And so what, it, what am I to do with that? What's an example uh, that you'd be willing to share of, of kind of a next steps that has uh, flowed in your life. You know, something where you've, you've processed something before the Lord and he, he gave you some marching orders and you were like, yep, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Again, I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> I'm starting to learn. Had I known this in the beginning, I would have been better. But um, lately I've been talking to God a lot about taking steps. And so one of the verses that I've and he's put this visually into me as well as the scripture. And so when I think of the visual, it's um, Peter and Peter Simon stepping out on the water to meet Jesus when Jesus says, come to me. And I didn't understand what that meant for me, but I, but it's all very visual and the, and the scripture is very there too. And I had somebody else speak it to me. And so again, it's when multiple times you see things, you hear things. So I spent some time meditating on that. And what God was really speaking to me was to step out in faith in an area of my life around my my work situation of stepping out in faith and and speaking some truth and making a pretty bold statement in my work environment. But I didn't know that I was ready to do that. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. But that scripture just, you had to step out of the boat. You can't stay in the boat. And so that's where God was like, are you going to step out or not? Because I've been telling you this for eh, probably months. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm stepping out of the boat. So that scripture really proved to me like, it's time to step out of the boat. So get out of the boat. And that's, I did. Oh, that's so and good. I didn't sink. He was there. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy when God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, so he, he's so reliable and dependable and um, nothing like being obedient uh, to really be able to open our eyes to see God's faithfulness. Um, man, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And I think that we need to make, we need to make sure that we build response, action, next steps into really every aspect of of our interaction with God because we want to make sure that we're we're doers, doers of the word, not just merely hearers. And we're not just stocking up all kinds of great, you know, for me being a pastor, you like forever have opportunities to speak to a group of people about a thing. And so it's really easy actually to turn reading the Bible into, Ooh, that's a good, that's a good one liner. That's a good tweetable tweet, quotable quote, you know, whatever, um, 
you know, as you meditate on scripture and you have kind of this like revelation about it and, and it kind of rolls off your tongue in a really clever sounding way. And then you're like, oh man, that's really cool. But then like realizing, but it's not about being cool. It's not about Mm -hmm. sounding cool. It's about, it's about it transforming your life. Like, like the word of God is inspired and and it's useful for reproof and, and correction and instruction. And so am I allowing it to do that to my life or am I just adding it to my pile of great things to say to sound spiritual or sound good? And so, um, and I, and I think it's a core part of first being a disciple so that we can be someone who makes disciples. Cause again, that's what Jesus has called us to do is to make disciples. And mm-hmm. we can't be, we can't do that unless we are first being that. And, uh, and if we love Jesus, we'll keep his commandments. So the way that the whole process is built is come to me, all of you weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And then he empowers us. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And yoke, yoke was not put on oxen when it was time to go to bed or time to just chill. Yokes were put on oxen when it was time to go to work. It was time to do something. And so it's really us coming to him to actually receive the work and the call of, the, of the, what we're supposed to do. And when we do it in that right order, it's, it's easy and the burden is light. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's kind of like just coming to me as I was even talking like, oh my goodness, that's, that is a good point. And that's kind of, that's kind of <laughs> how meditating on scripture works. You're like, oh wow, I've said that verse a thousand times. And today, like it today, that verse now just randomly freshly means something new to me. Um, and uh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, unplanned little uh, meditation on scripture kind of example there. And uh, so, man, so we have reading, meditating, praying, contemplating, and then action or next steps or, uh, you know, take your marching orders or, you know, however you want to, <laughs> however you want to phrase it. We'll say action or next steps. Um, next step actions, the NSAs. I swear I turned my uh, my <laughs> notifications off. I don't know what's going on. Um, oh, it's, and as it's, we always talk about, how does this fit in group? How does it fit in with your group and how does it fit in with your peers? It's a beautiful way just to share with your people in group of what you're hearing because they also can support that and encourage you and help you with your transformation, your next steps, your action. They also may be hearing similar things for you as well um, through the scripture as well. So a lot of times I will ask some of my friends, like, here's where I am. And they'll be like, oh, here's another scripture that I got for you that's very similar. We also talked about we're doing it with our group together and we're reading the same chapter of the Bible together. And what my peers will get is different scriptures than I get. And we'll come together and be like, and when you put it all together, it's a whole different message Mm. for all of us as a group. So we each have individual pieces of it, but we as a group also have our marching orders, our next steps together. And so it's a beautiful way of how God um, unifies a group to do his work as you are being working with him for yourself as well. 
That's a great point. Um, I love that because uh, my small group, we do kind of the same type of thing where so we read, we read and then I'm like, all right, what what jumped out at you? You know, what what stuck out to you as we were reading through that? And and so we'll we'll just discuss and talk about and sometimes it's not like, wow, that scripture really spoke to me. They're they're more like, wow, that verse is super confusing. And it's kind of cool because usually somebody in the group will have some level of understanding about where where that comes from or, you know, we've got a study Bible or we somebody looks something up and we actually do kind of like on the fly research and we we walk away from it really understanding the word of God better than we did before because of just the value of community. And then we like to wrap it up by saying, okay, how how are we going to live differently this week as a result of what we read? And, and that is a pretty cool, a lot of times it ends up being fairly consensus. Like, yeah, I feel like I need to love my neighbor better by this and this and this or whatever. And like, yeah, yeah, totally me too. That's exactly what I was kind of sensing in my spirit. And so then you get one, you get like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one that needs to grow here. Um, wow. And then we can talk about it the next week. Hey, how'd that go? Like how... Were, were you able to step into that better or, you know, whatever. And so I love, uh, I, I love how you're always bringing it back to the community piece that we don't get too focused on the individual. They're both super important. Um, but the value and the, the fullness that comes from processing these things in community, it just can't be replaced uh, by anything else. I'm super thankful for the tools that we have these days goodness to be able to do zoom uh and instead of just you know being lonely you know with all of the separation that we've had to go through like you were saying man the the smoke created by the wildfires was like worse than than covid because we couldn't even go outside and you just stuck inside your house and we're like we're looking out at our deck going wow we really like to just sit on our deck together and we're stuck inside (laughs) it's so uh community is a beautiful thing and, um, and again, you were kind of referencing it like you hear what other people are picking up from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in the process. And it, I think we've talked about it before. It's like different facets of this beautiful diamond, you know, where we're all getting different refractions of light off of this beautiful thing. And, and it makes all of us have a fuller picture, fuller appreciation, fuller understanding and, and we walk away better because of the contribution of the community. So that's pretty awesome. Well, Sue. Amen. That was beautifully said. Thank you. You've got one last shot to take at the audience today to give them, you know, one parting comment when it comes to this is the end of the spiritual formation journey. Everybody has now arrived. No, we've all just begun. <laughs> but like what, what would be like your your parting comments encouragements, whatever, uh, as we wrap up, you know, this group of sessions about spiritual spiritual formation. First, thank you for this opportunity. It's been a lot of fun, and I love talking about spiritual formation, and it's for all of us. And it's a journey, and we're always in process. We never arrive. We're always at the beginning and in process. So as you think about it for you personally, Again, the goal of spiritual formation is just to lean into Jesus and have a closer relationship with him. And as you have a closer relationship with him, you will be transformed. You can't help but be transformed. So enjoy it. Be thankful. Be humbled for it. And just 
continue to keep trying. Don't give up. Don't get frustrated. Don't get discouraged. Just be encouraged that Jesus is there all the time with you and just wants to be closer to you and just reach out because he's there. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's what you were created for. So when you get there, you'll be like, yep, this is what I've been missing. Like, this is the thing my soul has been longing for. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sue. Uh, your input has been completely priceless. Uh, I know that tons of people are, are benefiting from the other episodes and will definitely benefit from this one as well. And I'm, I'm guaranteeing you I'm going to have you back and we're going to talk about some more good stuff. Uh, I don't know what yet, but it's going to be good. I really enjoyed uh, working with you on this and uh, look forward to all the future episodes we'll get to do together. And uh, with that... Uh, if you would like to uh, reach out to me, you can reach me at growingfaithpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also uh, go, you can access the show on the Apple Podcast Store, the Google Podcast Store, and also on Spotify. And so all of those places and also the Podbean um, podcasting app as well. And so uh, in all of those places, I welcome you to like and comment and review and share and share alike just so more people will have access to the show. appreciate you if you are benefiting uh, and gaining value from the show that you share it with at least one other friend. I mean, it would be the nice thing to do, you know. So with that, I just say thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day and we will see you on the next episode.